Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning, January the 24th edition of, is it the 24th? Yeah. 25th. It's the 25th. January 25th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, operating on last year's calendar, evidently. And uh, <laughs> I've got your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, with me today. And as usual, our Tuesday morning guest, Dr. J.B. Hickson. Um, J.B. and I have talked about, about what uh, the subject matter is going to be today. And I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, it, it brings to mind uh, some things that have happened in my personal life. Uh, and uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, some divine callings. Is that correct, JB? You got it. Yeah, that's our uh, that's our topic, and really looking forward to diving in. Okay, I, I'm ready anytime you are. But uh, first, I'd like to remind our listeners uh, that they can catch your live stream uh, from Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, uh, Wednesday nights, six Mountain Time. And Sunday mornings, 9 and 10, is it 10.30? Uh, yeah, the service starts at 10, but the live stream, we only live stream the message, so it usually starts around 10.30. Around 10.30, so 9, uh, 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time on notbyworks.org. Uh, if, you, if you ever uh, are at home sick on Sunday, man, if you can't go to your own church, this is the place you need to be listening to, to J.B. Hickson, live stream from his church in Colorado. So what an incredibly good option for you, and uh, you, you'll be blessed by visiting. So uh, with that being said, uh, I'm ready to dive in if you are, J.B. Let us know something about what the Bible says about divine callings. Well, yeah, this is a, this is a really interesting topic. You know, when you talk to people, Christians, uh, in, you know, in a Christian uh, context or church or community, often people will use the phrase called. I, you know, they'll say, I, I was called to do this, or I feel this calling, or God called me to do this. And, and uh, you know, there are several different uh, ways, uh, depending on what theological framework a person is coming from, where that, that that term may be used. And I just wanted us to go back to Scripture and kind of get our hands around this concept of a calling, and uh, to because the Bible does talk about it a lot here in the New Testament. Of course, it talks about it in the Old Testament as well, but that was a, a different uh, dispensation, a different way in which God interacted with his people, and you know, God in the Old Testament times, before the completion of, of God's uh, written word, uh, you know, people would talk to God directly, they would hear his, see his handwriting on a wall, they would hear him speak through you know, donkeys and through all kinds of unusual special revelation. But uh, today, uh, in the present church age, God's special revelation is limited to what he has revealed to us in his word. And in God's word, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Uh, and yet the New Testament does talk about uh, calling. It uses that word a lot. And so I just kind of did a quick study and wanted to uh, pass that along to you. But I thought I would begin by sharing a little bit about my testimony as a young man who felt called, if you will, into a ministry. So uh, I uh, was uh, 15 years old and had uh, grew up in a you know Christian home and was blessed to hear the gospel at a young age. So I was saved at age six 
And uh, so I knew the Lord for more than half of my life by the time I was in high school. And I was blessed to be a part at the time of a very solid Bible teaching church, a conservative church. In fact, um, really molded and shaped my thinking in a lot of areas during my high school days. Uh, I was really active as a young Christian man in, uh, in our church and in our school uh, Christian club. In fact, I was the president of our a Christian club. We called it Cougars for Christ. It was a large 5A high school in Houston. We had about uh, 3,000 students. And uh, once a week, I think it was every Tuesday morning, maybe every Thursday morning, we would have anywhere from 60 to 80 uh, kids show up for Cougars for Christ Christian club. And I would lead a short devotional. And sometimes we would have someone play the guitar and sing some songs. And uh, so that was kind of my background. Well, it was in that context that uh, in the summer between my sophomore and junior year, actually between my freshman and sophomore year, I uh, went to a summer camp uh, with uh, our youth group. And, uh, it, you know, the Lord often uses those moments, especially in young people's lives, when you get away from the routine, uh, you go to a retreat or a camp, and you kind of have every day is filled with with concentrated study of the word and singing uh, worship songs and having quiet yeah. time. And, and so uh, the Lord really used that week in my life. And I can't really describe it. I, I don't feel like it was some kind of a, uh, you know, voice from audible voice from heaven or some type of secret uh, message that I received in a, or, you know, body wrapper. it was just, yeah. uh, it was just a, uh, you know, a sense that, God really wanted to do something with my life. And mm-hmm. you know, at the time, um, really all I knew of, of quote, Christian ministry uh, was uh, pastoral ministry, you know, having been in church and uh, seen the way churches work. And I knew we were at a large church at that time. And the, my mentor that really uh, molded and shaped my thinking theologically was actually originally the youth pastor, but eventually the associate pastor. Uh, at that church, and uh, his son and I became really good friends, And uh, but uh, the, this pastor is with the Lord now. He died at a young age, uh, unexpectedly, of a heart attack, but uh, in any event, um, you know, I that's really what I knew about ministry, so I guess when I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, I really want to use you, um, you know, that I was probably going to be in pastoral work, and so I remember at one of the services at the during this week at the summer camp, I responded to the altar call and just had, you know, I didn't make a public decision or public announcement of any kind. I just prayed at the altar and really sought the Lord and said, Lord, you know, I don't know what you're going to do with my life. Um, I mean, I had always wanted to play in the NBA, but it wasn't looking like that was going to happen. And so I said, uh, you know, Lord, uh, whatever you want to do, I want to, I want to serve you. And so I really marked that moment uh, yeah. as sort of the, the time when I felt the, the Spirit encouraging me to do something uh, uh, unique and dedicated in the Lord's work. Well, so I got home from that camp, <clears throat> didn't really say anything to anybody for a while, but eventually told my parents, who of course were very uh, thrilled and uh, supportive and encouraging. Remember, my grandfather, my dad's dad, had been a pastor, and my dad had always been very active 
as a layman in churches, as an elder or deacon or music leader, Sunday school teacher. Was, uh, that was L.O. Hickson, correct? Yes, exactly. Reverend okay. L.O. Hickson, Logan Otho Hickson. And uh, okay. he's with the Lord now. And um, But uh, so they were excited for me. And <clears throat> to this day, my folks uh, <clears throat> have <clears throat> been my biggest supporters and encouragers and uh, fans and, uh, uh, you know, just to really enjoy, uh, you know, the encouragement that they, that they give me. So, but eventually I was, we, this was at a Baptist church at the time that we were attending. Eventually I told the, one of the pastors and I, eventually I, I, you know, went forward at the end of a service, you know, Baptist churches often have an altar call. Um, yes. And I went forward and basically said, look, uh, you know, I feel like the Lord's calling me, if you will, into ministry. I don't know what that looks like, but I, uh, I, I want to make that public and ask for your prayers. And so uh, I, I was 16 at the time, and uh -huh. the local church there that we were part of, the, the senior pastor and some of the other pastors and deacons, all sort of, um, uh, all sort of, uh, you know, started encouraging me and meeting with me and um, just, you know, wanting to really get to know my testimony of how I came to know the Lord. And uh, just, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a time of affirmation, if you will. So they weren't affirming that I had received some kind of a mystical call. They were affirming, if you will, you know, the Lord's work in my life. And uh, they were affirming, uh, you know, am I qualified and so forth. So, um, so I was licensed the, the way they do it in the Baptist church. I was licensed to the ministry uh, in 1985. So it's been, uh, you know, nearly 40 years ago. Uh, wow. And, um, and then uh, because I had surrendered to the ministry and really said, you know, Lord, use my life in ministry, however you want at such a young age, uh, my, uh, course was sort of charted out. I, I not, you know, I, it wasn't like a lot of other high schoolers when, when you graduate and you wonder where do you go to college and what am I going to study yeah. and what degree am I going to pursue? My sights were set early on, on seminary. So you have to have a college degree to get into seminary. So I, I picked a college and a course of study that would be interesting to me, but not necessarily something that would, provide a career because I knew at that point that my career was going to be serving the Lord in ministry. So I went to a Christian liberal arts school, got a bachelor of arts, uh, in, uh, actually in Spanish and, uh, kinesiology, a double major, and then went on to Dallas seminary. And, you know, the Lord's just opened one door after the other. And, you know, as I think about my journey, obviously so much of it was not what I anticipated. I never dreamed I would get into academics, for example, and the Lord providentially led me to get uh, further my education and to be involved in higher education for a number of years. Certainly never dreamed of having my own ministry uh, or nonprofit with Not By Works Ministries. Um, and then we have had several <coughs> churches and, excuse me, other ministries that we've been a part of <coughs> in one way or the other. But I always go back to that moment when I really felt like um, the Spirit of God uh, you know, got a hold of me. Now, is that a calling the way some people describe a calling? You know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I can tell you that the Lord was working in my life through the word of God that week at that camp. And, um, I've tried to be obedient to what he's called me to do. And, you know, here we are 
all these years later. My first uh, full-time, or not full-time, but my first paid ministry position was when I was 19. And so, uh, you know, been doing this long time, uh, made my share of mistakes along the way, learned a lot along the way, but uh, really am, am grateful for the honor and privilege of serving the Lord. So that, with that background, I want to kind of do a quick, uh, for the remainder of our time, a quick uh, little study, if you will, on this idea of the divine calling and, and divine calls in Scripture. And as a, uh, a basis for this study, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 1, Ephesians 4, verse 1, where Paul says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Yeah. And so uh, there are a number of calls that have nothing to do with Christian ministry or pastoral work. They're just calls that the Bible uh, gives to individuals. And the very first one that I want to talk about, if you are, uh, if you are a believer and you know the Lord, you've trusted, your, you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as your only hope of salvation— then you've experienced this call, and that is the call to salvation. Right. Salvation. Uh, you know, uh, it's interesting if you go to Paul's first epistle that he wrote, uh, Galatians, uh, which he wrote right after his first missionary journey, roughly in you know 49 AD. And he is addressing these new believers in the, the region of southern Galatia in, uh, in cities like uh, Iconium and Derby and Lystra. And he says right off the bat in Galatians 1, 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. Yeah, right. So there is a calling by God's grace that we experience, uh, you know, that, and to which we respond if we respond in faith uh, <laughs> and are saved. You know, Paul said in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For right. whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now listen to this. Right. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified. Yeah. So uh, the Spirit of God is uh, going throughout the earth, convicting people of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Uh, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And right. there is a universal call of salvation that goes out to everyone on earth. Now, mm -hmm. I believe that call can be rejected and resisted. Yeah, you know, yes. uh, uh, we've talked a lot about Calvinism, and, and I've written and, and spoken a lot about Calvinism. Mm -hmm. We have some uh, DVDs on it. But uh, Calvinists, of course, teach that you don't have a choice in the matter. If you're mm -hmm. one of the lucky ones, so to speak, God called you irresistibly, and you have no choice. You are forced to believe the gospel. And if you're not called, uh, you couldn't believe the gospel if you wanted to, they say. Yeah. Uh, but we believe that's not correct. We believe that there's a tension in Scripture between God's sovereignty and man's free will that is impossible for us to understand, and yet the Bible speaks of both. And so we understand that God, <clears throat> God's election is sovereign, but uh, I mean, we don't we don't understand and comprehend it fully. But we we recognize that the Bible teaches God's sovereignty and election. But we also believe the Bible teaches man's free will and that man can believe the gospel, or that or he can reject it. And uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've believed the gospel, and if you did, you responded to God's call to salvation. 
and the way the, the believers in Galatia did. And if you haven't, uh, it's never too late. <laughs> you know, we want you yes. to know that today is the day of salvation. And Amen. simple childlike faith, you, you simply uh, cry out to the Lord, uh, let him know that you recognize you're a sinner in need of a Savior, that yes. your sin has a high price, that Jesus Christ uh, paid that price and uh, died on the cross for your sins, rose again, and having defeated death, hell, and the grave, he is the only one, God in the, in the flesh, who is able to provide forgiveness of sin and eternal life. And if you'll trust in him alone as the only one who can save you, abandoning your faith in anything else, whether it's your, your religion, your denomination, your heritage, your upbringing, your good works, your own self-worth, your pride, whatever it is, trust only in Jesus Christ as the one who can save you, then you can be born again. You, you are a Christian, and uh, that means you've responded to the call of salvation. So uh, that's the first call, but the rest of these are kind of interesting uh, that really speak to a believer. Uh, for example, we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the call to sanctification. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. Now, what does that word mean? Well, sanctification is, is just one of those very common words in uh, the New Testament. It's hagiasmas. It means to be set apart, and it sometimes means the, uh, the equivalent of our justification, being saved when you responded to the call of salvation. Um, and in that sense, it's positional sanctification. Mm -hmm. And then a few other times it refers to our ultimate being set apart from the presence of sin in glory, and that's kind of a synonym for glorification. But the vast majority of the times when the word sanctification is used, as it is here in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, it refers to our progressive sanctification, that is, our gradual setting apart over time into a life of holiness and Christ-likeness. And so once we are saved, then as a new believer in Christ, we're born again, we have a new birth, a John 3, a regeneration, and we have to grow spiritually. And right. the way we grow spiritually, of course, is by staying in the Word of God, by fellowshipping with other believers, by spending time in prayer, by being involved in a solid Bible teaching uh, fellowship of believers at a church. Uh, but as we grow in the Lord, that is what's called our sanctification, and the mm -hmm. Bible considers that a divine call. I mean, yes. there's not a single believer on earth to whom God says, you know, you're fine as you are. Don't worry about growing. Right. right. Everyone has received that call. You know, not everyone is called into full-time Christian service where they make their living from the gospel, which is an incredible blessing that I thank the Lord for often. But every believer is called to a life of sanctification, to be set apart. Yes. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5, at the end of that same letter, Paul says, now may, God, may, may the God of peace sanctify you completely. Yeah. Yes. And then he goes on to say, for he who calls you is faithful. Well, what does that mean? He who, call, he who calls you to sanctification, uh, to be sanctified. So there's the call to salvation, which every believer experiences. And in fact, every human being experiences, but not everyone responds to it. Then there's the call to sanctification for every believer. Then number three, there's the call to service, the call to uh, service. Uh, 
Jesus said in his upper room discourse in John 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. <laughs> These things I command you. See, every believer <laughs> is called to bear fruit and to serve the Lord. <clears throat> first Corinthians 1 26, Paul tells the Corinthians in his first letter, for you see your calling brethren, mm-hmm. talking to believers here, that not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. There's a mm-hmm. unique calling to service for every believer. And there are universal <clears throat> commands that we're all supposed to do and in, in good works. Remember uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, after describing our beautiful free salvation by grace through faith, Paul says that we as believers are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, for good works. Uh, right. So that's, that's the reason we exist, the call to service. And um, you, you might say every time we sin, we are neglecting that call. We are, uh, you know, not responding favorably to the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day lives. So we've got the call to salvation, the call to sanctification, the call to service. By the way, I'm sure Pastor Dick really loves this alliteration, um, yeah. but uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure I can keep it up. We'll see. We'll see if they all, uh, I think there might be one or two that might not have an S, but we'll see. <clears throat> this next one does though, and that's uh, the call to separation, the call to separation. Um, so uh, in Second Corinthians chapter 6, we read, do not, verse 14, <clears throat> do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Right. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, he goes on to say. So, <clears throat> Uh, and, and he's quoting there uh, from the book of uh, Numbers and, and also the book of Isaiah, the Old Testament law. So the call to separation is an interesting one. We could probably do a whole podcast on separation. I've written about it uh, elsewhere, talked about how we are to be friendly with unbelievers, but not friends with unbelievers. Right. Friendship in right. Scripture is designed to be a special level of relationship between those who know the Lord and have the common bond of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, God's plan all along, if you go back to the Old Testament, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God wanted his people to be unique and and distinct and to represent him. And that's still the case today. Uh, He wanted Israel to go into the promised land and uh, serve Yahweh, the creator God, and be a light to the pagan Gentile nations around them and to, to, to witness to and testify to the, the awesomeness of God so that unbelievers and unbelieving nations would come to Israel and want more and learn about yeah. Yahweh. Well, of course, we know the story. Israel did just the opposite. They did exactly what God said not to do, and they yeah. intermingled with the pagan lands. They intermarried with them. They adopted their customs, and it did not go well for Israel. Time and again, God brought discipline upon the nation of Israel, course one day we know that when christ comes back they will inhabit the land in perfection and they will obey the teachings of the king of kings on the throne i talked about that uh this past sunday in uh, part 43 of what lies ahead 
uh, a biblical overview of the end times, we began looking at the second coming, and I'll spend the next several weeks on that, but I'm, I talked about uh, several reasons why Christ has to come again. And uh, so we know that it's not always going to be that way, but Israel uh, is an example of what we're su not supposed to do, and uh, the same calling to separation goes out today. We are supposed to be in the world, but not of it. Mm -hmm. and, you know, unfortunately, many times today, the church looks just like the world, and believers uh, just look like, you know, look very much like unbelievers. And yeah. so the call to separation is important, and it's one of those that the Bible has a great deal uh, to say about, um, you know, in terms of doctrine, uh, you know, uh, we're supposed to mark those whose doctrine is not uh, consistent with Scripture and avoid them. You know, we, we live in a culture today that wants to draw circles of inclusion, and, and can't we all just get along a mentality? But God's yeah. Word says, uh, uh, you know, we, we can't all get along, that there right. are certain lines that we cannot cross. Um, and, you know, I... Uh, uh, talk, I've talked previously about the, the, one of the prevailing attitudes of today is, can't we uh, just agree to disagree? Well, you know, the biblical model is we need to disagree to agree. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. need, we need to stop agreeing with yeah. those that are biblically wrong. Well, that's right. And so the call to separation, again, is on every believer. And I would just challenge those listening uh, to the program today, if, if you're you know, intermingled with the world in such a way that if someone spent much time with you, they really wouldn't just be able to distinguish you from an unbeliever. Uh, you're probably not answering the call to separation. So, uh, so we could say more about that, but I want to get a couple more in here at least. Uh, the number five is the call to sonship. So there you go, another S. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, these the pastors getting giddy over here. I know five for five. Wow. That's a, that's amazing. Uh, so first John three, one, a beautiful verse. Uh, I really love it. Uh, John, uh, the apostle writing near the end of his life, some uh, 60 years after uh, the, the cross uh, and the, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, he says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Yes. And I realize in the context there, he's just saying, you know, uh, that we should be, you know, labeled as children of God, that we could be considered as children of God. But it really is a calling, too, that yes. uh, the moment you respond to the call of salvation, yes. you're adopted into the family of God. Uh, he goes on to say, beloved, now we are children of God. Uh, and he, by the way, he says, therefore, the world does not know us because it That's doesn't right. know him. So that goes back to the call to separation. But what an incredible blessing to be a part of the family of God. I mean, Maybe it not. is, uh, it, we are called sons. Um, you know, uh, John 1, 12, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God. That's right. The minute you received Christ... By the way, John 1, 12 goes on to say how we receive Christ, which is to those who yes. believe in his name. So yes. when by faith you've trusted Christ, at that moment, you're part of the family of God. And that's, an, that's a special calling. We're co-heirs with Christ of the kingdom to come. Yeah. Joint yeah. heirs with Jesus, as the, the old hymn used to say. And so, um, you know, it's possible 
of course, for a believer to be out of fellowship with the Lord when we sin, when we yes. quench the Spirit or grieve the Spirit or uh, resist the Spirit. Uh, of course, we're not in close, intimate fellowship with Him, but nothing we can ever do can change our uh, participation in the family uh, of God. We right. are part of the family of God uh, the moment we place our faith in Christ, and that's a special calling, again, that is for every, uh, every believer. Um, and so then, uh, the next one, and here's where I'm going to disappoint pastor Dick, because I can't oh, no. think of an S, but Galatians, going back to Galatians, which is where we started, uh, when we talked about a call to salvation, uh, this is the call to freedom, the call uh -huh. to freedom. Uh, Galatians 5.13 says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only yes. do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, Right. love, serve one another. So freedom is an incredible blessing and calling in the life of every believer. In other words, Amen. we are not forced by the constraints of an external law to serve God. We serve the law written on our hearts. We've been set free from the law, and we now walk in the Spirit. So the bottom line is, if a person, as if a believer wants to sin, then they can do so. <laughs> if a believer, I'm sorry, the trying to keep all the buzzes and dings <laughs> from happening around here, I feel like I'm under attack. I mean, every time I turn around, something's dinging at me. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, I think I've got them all silenced now. Um, but, uh, you know, if you want to sin, you can do that. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, in the, in the physical realm, uh, if you want to run a stop sign and break that law, yeah. the stop sign is not going to uproot itself, run out into the middle of the intersection and stop your car. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the, 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 the spirit of God convicts us and leads us. Uh, and uh, we, we are to obey that spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit. However, we have freedom. We have freedom to follow the spirit. And that freedom is something that really is a powerful stewardship and one that, frankly, is often abused um, by many believers. You know, yes. it's right after this passage in Galatians 5.13, where Paul goes on to say, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The spirit lusts against the flesh, the flesh against the spirit. The two are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So brethren, we've been called to liberty uh, and that the more spiritually mature we are, the more capable we are of handling that freedom, that, that liberty. And uh, so that's another one of the divine uh, calls. And then, um, Number seven, we'll stop with this one because uh, it's probably one that we don't want to hear, but it's a reality. And that is the call to suffering, the call to persecution. And, you know, let's face it, uh, we have many passages of scripture where we are told we're going to have suffering and persecution. For example, Jesus said to the disciples in the upper room just hours before he was crucified, uh, in the world you will have tribulation, mm -hmm. but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So 
uh, I mean, if Jesus said that, we should not be surprised when uh, it happens. Paul said, <clears throat> all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in Philippians chapter one, <clears throat> and this is, you know, again, where we get the idea of calling, uh, he says, for to you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. So, you know, if you're not suffering for the Lord in some way, uh, it really begs the question, are you much of a threat uh, to Satan uh, or are, are you not even on his radar? And yeah. so uh, by very nature, this world is Satan's world. The, the world is his playground. He's the prince, the power of the air, the God of this age. And we as believers are inv involved in a spiritual battle. And therefore, it's not always going to go easy for us. Um, mm -hmm. Life is, uh, is a series of challenges and testing of our faith. Uh, you know, uh, in, in uh, the first letter to the Thessalonians, uh, Paul told them, you know, no one should be shaken by afflictions because you yourselves know you are appointed to this. And uh, so, you know, and, and Peter said, you know, uh, for this you were called, 1 Peter 2.21. To, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us as an example. So he says, you know, if you suffer uh, as a Christian, rejoice, praise God. Yeah, yeah. Partakers of Christ's suffering. I think that's First uh, Peter four. So, uh, so the call to suffering is not something that we, you know, look forward to, or we wake up every day and say, "Oh, I can't wait to." fulfill that divine calling in my life, you know, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, we need to understand that, that, you know, the present afflictions are, are nothing compared to the glory that awaits us, Amen. as Paul said, and it has a purpose. All of these divine calls have a purpose because they're divine. You know, they're from God. God knows what he's doing. He's the creator. He made us in his image. We uh, sinned against him, corrupting the image of God and man. And and now he's given us these divine calling, at least seven that we looked at uh, today, that will help us stay close to him and abide this world as we wait for either the return of the Lord to meet him in the air, or if we go the way of all flesh, uh, when we meet the Lord uh, as we pass from this life into the next. So, so there's uh, just a few divine callings. I hope that was uh, encouraging, and, uh, and uh, thanks for letting me uh, share them. It, uh, thank you for reminding me of a couple of things, JP. It, sure. th this this uh, hour reminded me of my call to salvation, uh, and it was very much like your call to the ministry. Uh, I was at a summer Christian Christian summer camp uh, by the name of Bill Rice Ranch yep. uh, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I'll never forget it. it the June tenth Saturday night, and uh, Bill Rice himself was speaking and uh that's where i felt the call to salvation and i uh boy i'll tell you what as a 10 year old lad it i couldn't believe how hard it hit me it was like somebody was literally pulling me out of the seat and pushing me to the front and uh i went up there and accepted christ so yes uh, uh that call is very would you say that that uh the call to salvation could it be considered the most important call? Yeah, I think so, uh, because it is uh, 
step number one. And, uh, you know, eternity is a long time to uh, contemplate rejecting that call. So absolutely, it's the most important one. And, you know, that that's so neat to hear, you know, you hear your testimony. And and I want to encourage, and I know both of you would agree with this, that um, while God uses altar calls and many and has for centuries, uh, you know, the, the call to salvation does not have to be answered by walking an aisle. You can certainly Absolutely. do it even right now as you're listening to this podcast in your car or wherever you may be. It's a matter of personal faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. Amen to that. Amen to that. It could happen at any moment, at any time to anybody, mm-hmm. uh, as long as they're saved. Um, and also, this reminded me of uh, my call to start this ministry. And boy, oh boy, I'll tell you what, God keeps adding blessing upon blessing uh, to this ministry. I was blessed that uh, Pastor Dick agreed to do this with me uh, initially, and then we were we were double and triple blessed when you and Lucas uh, yeah. decided to sign on and, and, and do segments, and uh, uh, the Lord, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very poignant lesson that as long as you're, you've answered the call, and you're doing things the way that, that the Lord wants you to do that, you're praying to be in his will, he will continue to bless. And, so, uh, let me clarify. Did you just say that I'm a double blessing to you, but Curtis is a triple blessing? I mean, uh, uh, Lucas is a triple blessing? Is it I hear I, you I, right? I think what I said was, and I quote, <laughs> we, we were double and triple blessed when you and Lucas, and, and if you're, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Assigning placement. Yeah. But no, I, I can no. think of no better man to receive higher honor because uh, Lucas is uh, just an incredible <laughs> man of God. So he deserves it. No, nah, we love you both. Yeah, we, we really do. We, uh, we Both of you are incredible blessings to us. And, and we're so, so very thankful and blessed to have you as part of our ministry here, JB. And uh, Lucas, if you're listening, you heard that, right? <laughs> we've told you before when you've been sitting at our at our dining room table so uh, i love i love you lucas come see us sometime again we loved having you guys here when you visited well he still talks about his last visit yeah, yeah. Uh, with you guys yeah. he he really enjoyed that and i know his family did too it was a great blessing to him yeah amen all right listen fantastic hour and and a great reminder of um some of the the divine callings uh, from God to the Christian. And uh, uh, if, you, if you've been blessed by hearing this today, uh, drop us a line at whatsaysthescripture.com. Uh, we'll hit the little contact button on the main page and drop us a line. Tell us that you've been blessed or if you have a testimony to share or you want to share uh, the fact that you've been called to salvation through the, the hearing of uh, the teachings on on this ministry or JB's or any other Christian ministry that's out there. Yeah. We'd love to hear your testimony and, and share your joy in it. Uh, so with that being said, I want to remind you that uh, we have upcoming this Saturday uh, morning, uh, another segment with Pastor Dick. Uh, and then of course, Saturday night or Sunday morning, uh, depending on scheduling. Uh, We'll have Lucas Doremus with us for another segment on Proverbs, so don't miss it. Hope you're looking forward to it as much as we are. JB, thank you once again for being with us, brother. And as always, we look forward to next week uh, when we can spend a a very precious hour with you. Amen. My pleasure. Really enjoy it. 
Yeah, and uh, and JB, uh, I, I'm gonna be looking for the rest of the day. I'm gonna be looking for an S word <laughs> for freedom. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you're gonna have to pull out that thesaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Oh, Thanks man. again. Hey, you bet. You bet. All right, brother. Uh, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off until Saturday morning. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, may God bless and keep you until we, we meet again. Thank you.